Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Speaking of health matters, it won't be lost on my next guest as well. The new injection facility at Merchants Quay in Dublin will have seven injection booths with three sessions per day and two at weekends, with consideration given around opening times to reducing exposure to schools. But this is, uh, is this a good idea? And could we see something like it set up in Wexford in the future? I'm joined by Paul Delaney from the Corn Market Drugs Forum. Good morning to you, Paul, and Happy New Year to you. And good morning, Alan, and Happy New Year to you and your listeners. So, Paul, what are your initial thoughts about these new injection facilities? We heard it in South East Radio News yesterday. Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing is to put it in context, Alan. Um, the, I mean, th- these facilities have the backing of the, the government. It's important to say that, that the government introduced legislation back in 2017 allowing for a legal framework to progress these type of facilities and... Also, then, the Department of Health and the HSE are fully supportive of them as well. So they're, they're recognised as being an effective strand of the response to illegal drug use in the country. That, that's the first thing to say. Um, and then in terms of, 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 of how they, they might be rolled out uh, across the country, I, I think it's important to, to remember that, you know, Dublin obviously has a much uh, greater population of injecting drug users than we're ever going to see in, in, in County Wexford. Uh, not only that, it's, it's interesting to note, Alan, that, you know, the use of heroin varies around the country in terms of how it's used. So, for instance, in Wexford, we've traditionally had heroin users who smoke it as opposed to inject it. Now, we do have some injecting clients, but, you know, if you take it that we see about 50 to 60 uh, heroin users um, through our four centres uh, in any given month, and less than half of those would be injecting heroin, and then there's a smaller cohort that would be in that very chaotic um, user range which these facilities are designed uh, to accommodate. Like, our approach, Alan, is as a car market project, we, we try and get people off uh, injecting drugs uh, so that they don't end up in that chaotic state, homeless and, and recording such facilities. Could, could you see facilities like this in Wexford, Paul, in the near future? Is there a need for them? On the basis of what you what you described to me, I, I, I get the sense that you don't believe there's a need for them. Well, look, I, I, first of all, I think it is a, a an important part of the overall national response. However, uh, I think, you, you know, you, we, we need a critical mass of, of, of people before I think you'd be making a case for such a facility in County Wexford. Uh, as it stands, we certainly have clients who are homeless and who do attend our service and who are injecting drugs. But we're able to bring them in, if you like. We, we, we use certain hoops, such as, um, you know, warm clothes, uh, warm food, uh, to try and get them in so that we can feed them into our various uh, treatments and rehabilitation programs. So right. is, there, is, there, is there a demand, Alan, to answer your question? I think maybe it's a good time to start the conversation about what type of facility we might need further down the line. But yeah. I don't think it will be a static facility. I think my, my sense is that for uh, Wexford, County Wexford, because we're, we're dealing with a disparate population of drug users, I think something like a mobile uh, safe injecting facility... Uh, which has worked very well across Europe. I think something like that might be a better model. All right. Uh, so, I, I like, like to summarise the whole thought process behind them. Then, uh, do you believe there is a need for them, but perhaps more so in the uh, Dublin area? 
Well, look, I worked in the maintenance key project for seven years as their uh, training officer before I came to, to Exford in 1999. And so I'm well aware of the, ge- the geography of that area. And, like, Merchant's Key sits right in the middle. It's like the epicentre, if you're right. It's surrounded by about 20 different services that deal with homeless drug users. So hmm. it's, it's sort of logical. It makes sense that that's yeah. where that's pushed. But I think there would need to be a completely different conversation yeah. uh, if we were proposing to establish something All in right. Wexford. The situation in Wexford, you and I have this conversation two or three times a year. What is the situation like in Wexford at the moment with drugs? Well, Alan, last year I've just concluded with the team calculating the, uh, the data for 2022 and we've seen 381 people who sought our services for addiction related issues across our four centres and so so that hasn't that hasn't improved in terms of diminishing numbers um, and there is a sea change in drug use I think you know heroin for sure is still there but uh, it's not the uh, growing issue that it was maybe five and six years ago what we're seeing now is a, a change to more synthetic, artificially produced drugs that are flooding into the country. Like what, Paul, what, what, what should you be vigilant on? What are those drugs that you talk about? Well, you see, they're, 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 they're very, um, you know, they're, 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 they're a very hidden problem because a lot of them masquerade as uh, legitimate drugs, in other words, prescribed drugs, such as benzodiazepines, tablets, those type of drugs. And young people are buying those really, really cheap. And um, it's creating... Uh, terrible problems in terms of cognitive ability. You know, it does distort young people's thinking ability. Um, so so we have a big wave of that at the moment. Yeah. We also have the comeback of um, cocaine, which right. has become really cheap again, and uh, crack cocaine, which is really beginning to manifest itself in County Wexford. Can you well. differentiate, for those of us not familiar with it, what's the difference between cocaine and crack cocaine? Well, cocaine is normally snorted, so you see that. You see all that in the, in, 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 on the television pictures and in, in, in the cinemas, um, and, and, and that's how it's taken. Crack cocaine, on the other hand, is smoked, so it comes in small rock-like uh, substances, and um, unfortunately, it's a much more highly addictive. If, if cocaine is considered addictive, uh, crack is like uh, cocaine on steroids. It's a really, really seriously addictive drug. Yeah. People can blow through two to three hundred euros a day just using crack. So it's, it's it's a very serious drug. It has other side effects in terms of acquisitive crime, because obviously people, when they run out of whatever money they have, uh, they then resort to crime right. for it. So unfortunately, it has a wider societal uh, effect as well. There's another element of this that I'd like to talk to you about, Paul, and perhaps we can in, in our next discussion or maybe even go out and about and, and do a little bit more because I know down through the years, through your good services and, and yourself, uh, you have put me in touch with people who have given real-life stories, which will be no harm to share later on in the spring or, or, or early summer with you. I'd love to do that again because it, it certainly, I know, on the benefit of the last time we did something like this, we got an immediate response and so did you. But... What happens if you are a parent listening to us at the moment and you have a son or daughter who's actually in the throes of either addiction or even worse, is working for these thugs that are organising all this in the first place? If you have somebody caught up in all of this, first of all, can you look at it from the angle of somebody in addiction and as a concerned parent, what can you do, Paul? Yeah. Well, I I always say... Uh, Alan, to to parents, because we we, we get quite a few families, as you can well imagine, contacting us constantly 
uh, worried sick about, um, you know, discovering that a son or a daughter or another family member uh, are on drugs. So, you know, I always say the first, your first protocol is, you know, your, your, your doctor, your GP. Now, I know that's difficult at the moment just because of the, you know, the surge, but... Um, you know, and, and do feel free. I would say to any parent or any guardian that has those worries, feel free uh, to contact us as well. Um, you yeah. know, we will always reach out and support you. Now, in saying that, I think that um, also other members of the community, like we, we do get contacts from teachers as well, who contact us asking for advice on maybe how to deal with a particular issue. Uh, we are there, and of course, our colleagues who in the HSE, who we work very, very closely with, uh, also have a very, very effective substance misuse team in Wexford. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, either ourselves or the HSE um, should for sure be contacted. Right, so and, and uh, I want you to call out your number, how people can contact you. The other element of this is if you are somebody caught up in the throes of the drug dealers, where you now find yourself, through your own addiction, to be working for these people, and you may know somebody or you may be one a person caught up in this yourself and you urgently need help. What can you do, Paul? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one, Alan, because I think what we've seen uh, recently is an upsurge as well in intimidation, drug-related uh, violence and intimidation. And, and, and that's become... How does that manifest of, itself? When you say drug uh, intimidation, how has that been implemented, Paul? Well, you know, it's it, it's normally true a lot of threats um, made against families. So, for instance, if you have a, a son or a daughter who's run up um, a drug debt due to, uh, you know, their own use of drugs, then often what will happen is they'll, you know, they, they, they'll put the pressure on other family members, you know, the, the, the mother, the father, uh, to pay those debts. Yeah. And often, that's, you know, that, that can be anything from constant phone calls to people presenting at the door. But the good news on that front, and again, we, were, we would work closely with the Gardaí and County Wexford, they have a specific uh, officer now right. uh, who who sold, uh, well, who's part of their remit in yeah. terms of dealing with the drugs issue is to deal specifically with uh, drug-related intimidation. So and rehabilitation, it's, uh, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I've spoken to her in Garda and she called about this, and it's maybe something we can revisit in, in a tandem with you guys as well, um, that yeah. there is help at hand and that there is a possibility to pick up the phone. I mean, make, picking up the phone and making the call in the first place, that's the start, isn't it? But if there's a fear of recrimination, that is stopping people from doing that, Paul. And this is the problem, Alan, and I, I think you're right. I think it requires, you know, uh, a lot of um, soul-searching, you know, people think about what are the, you know, what are the consequences, you know, uh, what could happen. Um, the only thing I'd say there is that the, the downside of that far outweighs anything that could come about from a positive point of view, you know. Uh, I, I would say to people really try and push past the fear. I know that's easy to yeah. say, but do, do try and do right. that and contact the Gardaí. They're very, very good in, in supporting people. I'd love to finish on a message of hope. I mean, you have seen so many lives destroyed by drugs. I'm sure if any of us look deep into the people we've met down through the years, we've also seen people who have fallen foul to addiction, whether it be alcohol or drug addiction. 
But have you also seen the rebuilding of lives, Paul? Because I'd love to get a message out of hope, of hope from you there, if you can give me one, that uh, people can, if they get the help, get the advice, come to people like you, can rebuild their lives and, uh, in fact, maybe go on to be people who can pass on a positive message. Absolutely, absolutely, Alan. I think that, you know, often with all the doom and gloom that surrounds illegal drug use, you know, we can forget about all of the successes. Like, uh, we we have a, a success rate in terms of moving people away from the chaos and the, the criminality of illegal drug use uh, towards a, a drug-free life. We, we have a success rate of 90% uh, in that regard. And when you think, you know, even in terms of um, people avoiding, for instance, the criminal justice system, uh, we have a great success rate in diverting people away from crime um, and lowering criminality rates in Wexford. Like, it, it costs 80000 today to keep somebody in jail for a year. One of our programmes is less than 2000 per year for someone to engage in a treatment and rehabilitation process. Yeah, that says and it all, doesn't out it? Of prison. Yeah. are often, you know, much worse. Uh, yeah. At least when you come through our programs, people have normally reclaimed their lives. So, yes, we, we do have a huge success rate and people do reclaim their lives. OK, we will link in with Angara Shikona about this. We have a regular spot with him on a Tuesday. We'll be, I'll be speaking to, to, to the sergeants and we'll talk more about, once again, revisiting that, that whole area that they give an opportunity for people to rebuild their lives when it comes to this area. But the most important thing of all, as we conclude our chat with you, is your all-important number, Paul, and when it can be phoned and how confidential it is when it is phoned. Because I'm just bearing in mind the fear factor out there. This is very important that people feel confident to ring you. Can you give them that confidence? Can you give them that assurance? Well, I think the one thing that I can assure anyone of, Alan, is that you will be treated uh, in the strictest of confidence um, and things will only happen at your pace. Typically, we'll we'll arrange for someone to come in and see us as a consequence of contacting us, whether that's a family member or the person themselves that has the, the issue. Uh, but we've been doing it really, really effectively now for the past 23 years in Wexford. So there's, there's a well-worn path, if you like, to supporting people and safeguarding their own confidence. So we can do that. Yeah. Um, and the number to contact there is 05391 55800. And that's that's there from 9 to 5, uh, right. 5 days a week. And that's county-wide, isn't it, Paul? You You cover the county. And we cover uh, Gordy and Escorty, New Ross and Westford Town, and we have an outreach service then for okay. the rest of the county. I tell you something, I know we spent a lot of time on this this morning, Paul, and we never had the opportunity really to talk as length, at length about this, but today I make no apology for spending time talking to you about this, because if you and I, by the course of mentioning the number and the services you provide, have managed to save one life, then it's been worthwhile this morning, hasn't it? And I think that that has to be the way to look at it, Alan. It's a bit like looking at the um, safe injecting rooms themselves, you know, that often people will, you know, quite rightly, um, you know, be fearful of them. But, you know, they do save lives and everything we do save lives. So I've no problem saying that. And I think that, you know, really that's that's, that's the bottom line here. We we are doing our best to save uh, the lives of young people and, you know, extract them from the clutches of illegal drug use and criminality. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.